0: great
1: conference. I know. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to be on stage here with you. You're like Same. one of my heroes, like as a, as a programmer. Uh, JavaScript is like a language that um, really revolutionized how we do application development, how we build. Uh, it's the foundation of the web. And I often think of Web3 really just being the web, just part of the bigger web.
0: Yeah, me too. Uh, that's, that's how the web grows, by evolution. So we think the Web3 browser should be the gateway to a billion crypto users. And we, we are, therefore, integrating Solana into Brave um, as soon as we can. <laughs> and here's, the, here's the, the cool thing. This is like an evolutionary path. We're going to make it so any dApp that is Solana enabled, wherever other chains, EVM compatible or Ethereum, whatever it supports, if it supports Solana as well, we'll make it use Solana by default. So dApp builders who build for Solana as well as other chains, in Brave, it's going to use Solana. And that's going to just help, I think, pull all the dApps onto Solana. super
1: exciting. You like? <laughs> yeah. Is, it's wonderful. Yeah.
0: Let's see what else. Um, what do what we like about Solana? We, we like NFT games. Um, we like DeFi a lot. We want to make it easy for users to, you know, earn and get yield without having to be super expert or do a lot of complex operations. So we're going to work on building that probably in the first half of next year into the wallet so that you can just kind of robo-earn, robo-yield. Um, and we want NFT you know, galleries and NFT transactions to be super slick. I was inspired by the Jules Orbachs talk earlier today and the demo uh, earlier here with NFTs. There were several of them, actually. It's all good. Um, we want as many NFT marketplaces integrated as we can, so that's on the agenda. And, uh, yeah, Radium is there, of course. Radium's still earning, yielding good. The thing that we do now with Basic Attention Token tends to have to settle on Ethereum, and it's going to cost you gas. And there are you know, our valued settlement partners like um, Gemini, Uphold, Bitflyer in Japan. But once we're on Solana, I suspect that BAT, which is already reflected through Wormhole, proxy through Wormhole, might just find it's better to settle on Solana. What do you think?
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: I'm giving you the softballs yeah. here. <laughs> um, and we, we really do want to get this out to all users. We think you know, whether you're you know, having a hard time in some part of the world where it's hard to get banks to, to you know, let you save or borrow, or you're beyond banks, like a lot of us are or want to be, Solana is the way to do it. And I mentioned auto-earn already, got ahead of myself, but I think this is going to be huge. It, it takes some skill. You got to make sure you, if, if you get on the wrong side of yield farming, you go somewhere where the, the grass is greener. But uh, we'll make it as automatic and easy as possible, and it's just its just so much better on Solana. I'm making you blush. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, the, the DAB ec- ecosystem is growing, but if we do this Solana default on multi-chain DABs, I think we'll just pull every DAB that's really popular over that brave users want, and I hope that's going to be every DAB. So here's a more NFT marketplaces. Um, you know, there are lots of um, cool projects in crypto, so we're not doing only Solana, we have obviously Ethereum, we're gonna do Bitcoin in the new wallet. Uh, it's coming up fast, it's in the Brave nightly builds. And we might do other chains, but I think it's important to pick a chain as default. This is a lesson we learned the hard way with um, search engines, because when you make a search engine the default, first of all, you can get paid if you get a deal, not always true, and really the user expects to just type keywords into the address bar and search. We want the wallet to have a fast, good default, and that's Solana. So, enough said. Um, and we're bringing it to mobile, too. This is important. Um, I think a lot of uh, fragmentation has occurred due to how wallets are split across mobile and desktop. We're seeing some good mobile first, or mobile also wallets. We want to do it mobile and desktop, feature parity, evolve at the same time. And uh, we're happy to do that uh, with Solana as partner. So the last bit of news is the BAT system is a triangular system that involves privacy-preserving ads. And users opt into it to get 70% of the gross revenue. What we've built so far has a part of our BAT ad system requiring us to verify things to be the trusted third party, which is a security hole. And so we started a project called Themis, And work with several crypto projects to see if we could bring it to high-speed chains that can do things like you need smart contract systems for zero-knowledge proofs. You need some part of it in the browser because you're measuring attention. You don't want to put your detailed attention log on any blockchain however fast because it'll fingerprint you. So we're using black box accumulators in the browser with Themis and we're then minting ZK proofs. And the cool thing about Solana is we can just put those on chain. No aggregator, no trusted third party. So we're getting rid of ourselves we're firing ourselves as, as what, trusted third party and that's uh something we're excited about
1: and that's awesome that was uh feels like two years of research right like yeah. it, it took quite a while to get to that uh design
0: and now it's going fast i think now we've we've got good um working relations with solana and we can crank out the rust code because we love rust because i i was executive sponsor of rust at mozilla so i have a tear in my eye to see my little babies all grows up um, <laughs> And Amazon's hired a bunch of the Rust core team. (laughs) It's OK. They need jobs. Um, But yeah, we want that to be fast, low fee, DeFi base pair, uh, and for ads on Solana. So Brave and Solana are are doing a new crypto and ad system, and it's going to be awesome. Thanks.
1: That's awesome. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the web, huge fan of all the work that you guys have done and brave. And I remember pre-mobile days, I was working on Brew, and I was trying to optimize the web and flip phones. And there was a brief moment where the iPhone came out, we had a browser, and it, was, it felt like the web has opened up. And then it kind of just got away from us.
0: That's right. Jobs Job said when he did the iPhone 1, he said, the web finally works on a phone. And then the story I heard from somebody who would know is that they had to port a bunch of games, which were C++ or whatever, and they had to do native apps. And they never looked back after that. But I think the web can always catch up and should catch up. And Web3, if you have this sort of evolutionary path with dApps and dApp triggers from web pages, then you just evolve into it.
1: Yeah, that that to me is like the really exciting part is there's now an opportunity to have... Cryptography power, the next generation of how web is monetized, whether it 's through advertisement like with, with zero knowledge proofs or through direct payments and micropayments um, is there do you feel like you know apple 's going to crush us <laughs>
0: <Like just laughs> people a few years ago worried about this Facebook thing, Libra now DM, and it, yeah. they got kind of crushed <laughs> because some politicians hate them but uh, Apple is very cautious and if they're doing anything with blockchains, it's, it's a ways out and then when they arrive, it's going to be like the diva at the party at midnight. Like, start the party now and the booze has already run out. So we're going to drink all the booze first. Right? Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> what are some of the challenges with like building a a browser for, you know, general consumers, but also with cryptography.
0: I mean, this is the problem with browsers is they are universal apps. You spend a lot of your digital life or online life in them. And so if you make the crypto stuff be this sort of expert-only area or it's kind of scary, like I use wallet apps, I use hardware, like Ledger hardware wallets, but it's a little bit scary because you feel like you're, did I forget my you know pin or did I have to reset it and do the word list? And there's some anxiety and you know fear of loss. We want to make crypto be a positive sum. That's why the robo earn is important to us, just like with bat private ads, you could get 70% of the revenue. So you're always kind of building up your assets as well as spending or sending them. And it should be slick, it should be for e-commerce. You can even do Things like disintermediate Amazon—I won't give away all my secrets—but we think we can do that without having a bunch of JavaScript, you know, user scripts that attack every merchant checkout flow. We think there's a way to get into the interchange charge and do it. And uh, crypto everywhere, right? It should be slick, should be easy, should be comfortable, make you feel like you're going to win, not lose.
1: What about custody and keys, and like, how do you, how do I get my parents to understand this stuff?
0: Yeah, it's really a little different, but. Um, We're looking at Taurus, we're looking at various ideas for backing up your key that don't just put it on paper and word list in a safe, which (laughs) we've all been through. Uh, And in some ways, the old web went with username and password and had to add a second factor, which often had to be a temporary access number generator on your phone. So at that point, you're almost as complex as self-custody. I would say you just have this more conventional recovery path. Like you lose your phone, you know your email, you can try to prove that you're the same person to Coinbase or whatever. But I think self-custody ha- has a sort of complementary role, and we want both. We want people to use self-custody and be comfortable with it. So we're looking at all these usability challenges, and we think we can get it just almost as good. And then, unfortunately, the regulators insist if you want to do fiat on off, you're going to go through a custodian.
1: Of course. The challenges, I mean, like, the, that's the exciting part. No one has figured this out yet. And uh, we're going to dive right in, right, and see how can we actually scale crypto to the general public.
0: Make it easy for your parents.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, lo- love to see it. What do you guys see as kind of like the tension between, you know, the app store on the mobile device and the mobile web?
0: Discoverability is always a problem. And We don't want, you know, these kind of brutal curators like Apple. Um, So having lots of stores is good, but then you have the need for like a search engine, which Brave now has, which is a private engine. And it also involves users opting in to building the index incrementally. That's the web discovery project. So we're going to aim, because we're very crypto first and our ad sales teams, one of whom is here, always looks at crypto options and NFT options. We're going to aim at making our search engine best for crypto. Uh, it already uses CoinGecko charting, and it's, it's still in beta, but we're working out all the kinks. So I think search, the good old search we remember from 2004 when Google was great, <laughs> needs to come back, and it needs to be the way you find stuff in marketplaces and crypto exchanges.
1: That's awesome. What kind of information do you think users would want out of a crypto-first Search engine or like curated environment that's that's different from the, the traditional web.
0: Search always gets into is somebody trying to SEO you and compete for keywords. We're, we're aware of this problem and there's no silver bullet. But we think with crypto, you might actually have a better chance at mechanizing this and having a fair playing field, an automated system for finding you know the best lowest fees and the best yields.
1: Is there like hope for like a decentralized search engine? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so I, I had a friend who was involved with PreSearch, Rich Grant, and PreSearch looks like it's running a bunch of nodes to scrape Google, which Google does not like. And if they're running on co IPs, Google's going to shut them down or use their anti-bot team to take them out. We're building a legitimate search engine, but we can't decentralize the algorithm easily because search is sharing queries, looking for some kind of objective, best results, like page rank, you know, the eigenvalues of the random walk. Um, And decentralizing that is a research problem, as far as I know. But we have an active team, we're evolving search, and we need your help because we're trying to crowdsource the incremental indexing of the web. We're not trying to index everything from 1998 on. That only Google can do that. Hats off to them, but their time is passing.
1: (laughs) When I was, you know, like growing up as an engineer, the web was just starting. I was really passionate about Linux and I had this dream of a, you know, Microsoft free personal computer. It feels like the Web3 is, is potentially a dream of like, a, you know, like ad exchange free, like the, that like parasitic Google ad free yeah. web. Is that, is if that you, possible?
0: If you don't collect the data, you won't go wrong that way. There's still other ways that the central powers can turn on their users and take advantage of them. But I think there is, and that means, ultimately, you might need hardware that's sort of indie or that's user-first. And I, Braves not capitalized to do this yet, but I know people, including friends from Firefox OS, which actually, after it folded at Mozilla, continued in KaiOS. And there's an open source lineage that you can trace back. And you know, people at Qualcomm, we both know, of course, yeah. were working on it at the time. So I think there's a chance for a new open source OS that has web-free. And you know, none of this Java or Swift native stuff. And JavaScript, Web3, all the way down.
1: We're, we're gonna, are we going to end up building a phone? Brave OS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: I have to, have to raise some more capital. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, that's a way to nerd snipe me for a couple of years. <laughs>
0: but people need independent hardware that serves their interests first. For Absolutely. sure.
1: It always feels like that's a really tough challenge. But every, every two years, it gets easier and easier. Like hardware gets cheaper and cheaper and the tools get better and better.
0: And, and then, you know, Apple has something new and shiny that the commodity hardware can't match for another year or two. But that's just the nature of the game. Right. So I'm sure we'll have iPhones, but we can probably have bat phones too. Solana phones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the bat phone. I, lo- I love that. The bat phone sounds really cool. <laughs> As you guys see the Web3 evolving, I think there's just you know... Sp- from from your presentation, of NFTs were such a huge focus as well. Do you think this is the entry point for like the metaverse is what people call it, or like that that like really yeah. uh, interactive, rich environment with ownership of of the stuff around you?
0: Yeah, I, I think it, it's you have to keep running at these problems. And usually, if you're a startup and the timing isn't right or something goes wrong, you run out of capital, and then the investors reset or maybe they try again. With crypto, we have this great ability to just keep leveling up. So we're seeing, you know, um, Bitcoin, now we're seeing smart contracts on Ethereum, now we're seeing Solana. And as you level up, you can start to do some of these things that seemed hard before. Like you want some kind of cryptographic proof of ownership. I think one of the demos talked about this. You want to make sure that somebody doesn't copy the pixels. And if you get into VR, you, there, there's been interesting research on this in, my friends at Otoy have done some work on this. You can actually watermark in a way that's indelible. And if somebody copies your, your art and tries to remove the watermark, they degrade the quality. There's no way to, because it's, it's been sort of convolved with the, with the luminance and the chrominance. So uh, I have hopes for this being useful in games and, and connected verses. And to me, that's the metaverse. It's not going to be something centrally planned in Menlo Park by Lieutenant Commander Data.
1: <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> what, I, what I see out of like the gaming companies that we talk to is that, especially the ones that are crypto-focused, is they want to build browser-first games. They, everyone that I talked to had this idea that as soon as you open the page, you jump right into the game. Yeah. There's no sign-up. There's no friction. Your wallet is your identity, and you're just exactly where you, were, yeah. where you left off.
0: That took a lot of work in Mozilla, by the way. We did Asm.js, and that led to WebAssembly, and you could show games you just... In the store, you can start playing them, and then you just convert. I think it's a great model.
1: Do you feel like mobile is expressive enough for that, or or, or is the difference between like you know iOS and Android and, and desktop is uh, too hard to actually make that work?
0: There's certainly a difference. Like you're just even with the latest chipsets, you're just not as fast. You have less bandwidth all around. Um, but games can scale down because the viewport's smaller. There's hope that you can use the kind of tricks that we see with the remote rendering. Um, cloud rendering so I think mobile is the future but I heard this 12 years ago people would say around Silicon Valley mobile's the future and then they would say that means there's no desktop and that is very false everybody with a laptop or any big enough screen and a keyboard is still very high value and that means the economics there don't go away it just doesn't grow as fast
1: I mean that that's that's true like if you look at um, the growth of the Solana ecosystem a lot of the users are basically desktop only Yep. That to me says that mo- a lot of folks, maybe there was a switch during COVID where we went from being so much mobile to where we're staring at screens again. At, at a bit of
0: screens. that. I mean, you go to okay. India and a lot of people are, are mobile only, but you need both. And I think as mobile gets stronger, you're just going to see more parity. You won't see this need for apps, which is often artificial. It's like holding the browser back, sandbagging Safari a little bit. This is what um, my friends at Google or one of them who went to Microsoft always accuse Apple of. And it's not wrong you got to give the browser its due and then it can compete with native better
1: got to ask you about languages you uh, <laughs> how do you see smart contract development in the future as, as somebody that had incredible depth in understanding how application development happens on the web
0: yeah i think the the thing you're seeing with typescript especially with large teams is you know more confirmation that you need some kind of proof system or or it could be just a warning system, but it's based on model checking. Often it could be based on higher level models than you can express in sound type system, which is something where there's just this sort of timeless world of types that's essentially syntactically checked and prevents bad things from happening at runtime. You need dynamic systems, dynamic code, JavaScript, and these static checkers. And you get best of both worlds if you have really good ones. So I remember at Mozilla, we were investing in model checkers for C++ because it's memory unsafe. And you could build these higher level checks that knew about sort of uh, security properties you wanted to enforce. And I think this is what you're seeing with smart contracts. I was talking to somebody I met at Hotel Bar about this because it's still a, a very fruitful area that's had good research in sort of computer science, programming language theory, and it hasn't always been brought to the programming masses like it should. There were companies like Dawson Engler's Coverity, and uh, others like that, the, the compilers themselves grew the ability to do uh, plugins for static analysis. And now LLVM is, is there.
1: Do you think that smart contract development needs to have a high level, kind of easy to use language environment, or can it kind of be driver code? <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Driver code in the era of C was the worst code in the kernel, right?
1: right? So. Driver code with Rust is a little bit lo- lo- less frightening.
0: In fact, a friend of mine who uh, was at Microsoft at the time went to Mozilla and this is on Startup Now did at Microsoft a checker for driver C code, which he could skirt the halting problem and kind of statically reason about it and say, this is garbage driver code. Send it back <laughs> to the vendor. Um, but yeah, I think uh, you don't want to have ha- happy, fun JavaScript Looseness if there's, you know, big money at stake. So I, I think it's important to have the right tools with the right static and dynamic checking.
1: Do you think smart contract development is strictly financial? Or are we going to see, like, things that are not financial that you can actually...
0: You, you, like? You'll see things that are not obviously financial, but they'll turn into reputation in a game or gifting. And those tend to matter, too. So you still don't want, you know, too many dynamic errors. Um, so true. I'm still a fan. I talked about this in my chapter in Coders.org. I'm still a fan of, of static, uh, even if it's on sound, you know, semi-static checking.
1: What do you guys see as like the opportunity for us to grow crypto to, you know, 100 million users, like actual signers?
0: Yeah, I, I'd like to get bred to that scale in a year or two. Um, it depends on everybody here and others. It also, you know, I hate to say it depends on the nation states of the world not you know, doing something adversarial. Um, but I think given the, the state of the world, <laughs> not a great state, but there will always be options uh, to do things with crypto. The internet routes around censorship, right? And that's true in the web two and the web three worlds. And it's true with blockchains. You still have you know, concerns. Do you, for, do you have to fork to undo the censorship? But at least you, you have options.
1: Do you think, like, what kind of applications do you envision will actually drive that growth? You know,
0: I think at first it's going to be um, people using crypto for payments and for DeFi. And, you know, some leading edge of that user base will be getting more sophisticated and doing other things. But just having, you know, things like gift cards where we often find that they're useless points, even if we can use them or Congress passed a law that they don't expire, we still just don't use them we should have much more liquidity. We should have liquidity across all kinds of assets. And you know, this is where you start talking about tokenized securities and you know, can you have primary and secondary liquidity for companies. I think we've all, if you're as old as me, you, you all had a tiny piece of some startup that went sideways for 10 years and then sold. And you couldn't trade it uh, easily. And you you might have wanted to do that because you might have been squeezed out when it sold. So uh, (laughs) there's lots of room for blockchains to solve these problems. I think in general, connecting people more directly, getting rid of these officious or censorious intermediaries, a lot of room for application.
1: In this like, I guess, new uh, evolution of the web, I often describe crypto as a fully connected network. As opposed to like a a social graph like on Facebook. Yes. Do you think that's true? Like, do you think we're going to enter a stage where I am effectively with my cryptographic signatures? I'm in this true global peer-to-peer environment. I
0: hope so. I think that's, uh, I showed at Web Summit last week, I showed the, the slide with the correct diagram, which is more like a mesh for decentralized, and the incorrect one, which sometimes is called decentralized, which is really distributed, but it's mostly tree structured, or if it's a graph, it has a dominating spanning tree. That's that's Google, that's Amazon, right? So, with projects like Helium, with WebRTC, making it so you can sort of make connections into the endpoints instead of only out. In the old days, in the 90s, we could only make TCP connections out from the browser. Uh, I think we're heading toward this world. We have to build it iteratively and collaboratively. We have to get around you know the concrete firewall problems that WebRTC mostly got around. It's still a little dodgy, um, and I, I think that is the future. I think. We should all have Helium nodes if we can. I, I'm a fan of the project.
1: That's awesome. I mean, the the idea of, like, decentralized browsing on an open source phone connected via, you know, an open network.
0: No like raw radio. radio. Yeah, yeah run radio. by
1: the people um, accessing Solana. That would blow my mind.
0: <laughs> that, it, it sounds too good to be true, but I think it could be true, especially if we build it carefully and quickly enough and get it out there and make it usable, which is why I've always wanted to make Brave be about crypto, even when we started using Bitcoin for our prototype. It, it was clear once you shield the user by blocking all those trackers, you break all the economics that pays you know, advertising uh, money into the publishers after taking a big slice out for the middlemen like Google. And if you cut that out, how are you going to reconnect it? It's crypto, peer-to-peer.
1: All right. Let's do it. I'm, awesome. I'm excited. So thank you, Brennan. Thank you so much for, thank you uh, for, for being here, for working with us. <laughs> okay. Thanks.